Welcome to the Man Catholic Podcast. I'm Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Wirtz. And I'm Brock Martin. Today we are saying bye-bye, Peter Pan. This time. All right, what does this mean, bye-bye, Peter Pan? I used to come home every day in elementary school, maybe middle school, probably also middle school, and, and watch maybe high school. Peter Pan. Every day? I, every day. I loved it. What? It was the cartoon, and so I honestly much. don't even know where this cartoon went. Like, I've tried to go back and look for it, and I can't find it. But it's a t- oh, was it, TV show. Oh, it wasn't show. the movie? No, it was a TV what? show. Yeah, TV show, uh, Peter Pan. And I loved it. And I loved that he could fly and he wanted to fight the pirates. And I just loved that story. Well, recently someone brought up the idea of current masculinity being compared to Peter Pan. And I was puzzled at first. And they explained that Peter Pan lived in Neverland because he never grew up. He never wanted to Mm -hmm. grow up. He actually chose to stay in Neverland. Because he always wanted to be a boy and a boy forever. And I think the topic for today is talking about how do we say bye to Peter Pan? How do we say bye to our boyish, narcissistic, attention-seeking boyhood and move towards and embrace masculinity? So good. So good. A couple episodes ago, we got to chat with Father Mike Schmitz, uh, which you have, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back and listen to it. But he dropped a nugget on us Mm -hmm. and he said just these four words, reject passivity and embrace responsibility, reject passivity, embrace responsibility. And since we have talked to him, I I have not stopped thinking about that because I think it it speaks directly to what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we have a natural tendency to be passive, to, to kind of stay in that, what you mentioned, the narcissistic boyhood. So how, how can we begin to embrace responsibility and mature out of that? Yeah, that narcissistic tendency. And every kid in some way is narcissistic. It's about them. This is mine. I want this. Can I do this? Right? They think all about themselves. And boy, is that problematic mm-hmm. when you're 35 years old and you do that when you're 25 years old, when you're 75 years old. Mm-hmm. It's damaging. It's, it's, it's a serious issue. And we don't need to go to that narcissistic extreme, like the the mental disorder, but that reality of I'm I'm here for fun, I'm here to have a good time. I don't want to grow up. And there's so many men that are in that situation. And look, fun is fun. I get it. I like to have fun, but that's not our ultimate purpose in life to just have a good time. And so that challenge, Brock, that you mentioned, Father Mike, it's wow, like we're called to be something more as men. Mm-hmm. Going way back to one of our first episodes, we talked about Genesis 2.15 and Adam's charge to Shamar to guard, keep, protect, to fight for what's good, what's true, that real embracing of responsibility as a man, that kind of masculine genius, if you mm-hmm. will. And this is, this is just a really fun thing to reflect on of how do we shift? If we have a tendency to think a lot about us, I hopefully all of you listening know why that's not a good thing. In Matthew's gospel, our Lord challenges us to serve, not to be served, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be giving of ourselves and that's how we find ourselves. And it's really hard to do that when we're living in this me first, I wanna have fun mentality. Yeah, Thomas, this is something that doesn't come naturally to most men. I think because um, having fun is fun, as you said. It's easier to sit back and have fun. It's easier to talk about ourselves and to share with people why we're awesome or the fun things that we're doing in life than to talk about other people. It's just, it's easier. And so therefore it becomes default for us. And I think 
this became a topic that we want to bring up because, well, one, it resonates with the three of us in different reasons, but it's something that takes effort. It's not just you have it or you don't. It's kind of a result of the fall where we all have this, uh, almost like this original sin where it's we have turned inward instead of turning outward, like you just said, with service. But it takes effort. It takes work. And one, we have to acknowledge it. And then two, we have to start putting some of our time and attention towards it. Is this a fair question? Maybe flesh it out. So if, if a guy's out there listening, like, I don't know if I'm, am I, am I like that? What do you think would be some good reflective questions? I'm just kind of throwing this out on the fly yeah. to get guys to, to help have that awareness of, man, I am actually, I, I am a narcissistic kind yeah. of childish Peter Pan. Well, I've, I've got one example for myself and it's part temperament, part personality. You know, if, if I can blame it on something, I would say that, but I have a very outgoing personality. And so I love meeting new people. I love being with people, right? I'd rather be with people than be alone. And so when I get around people, my tendency is to put myself as the center of attention or I, I, you know, I MC conferences for focus. I love being on stage. Now in that example, I don't love being on stage so that I can be seen, but I have to be very, very careful because I enjoy being seen. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be careful not to do that for the wrong reason. Or when I am on stage, not to draw unneeded attention towards myself, which is fun about the MC role because the whole role is about highlighting something yeah, or sure. someone else. And so it's actually a fun conflict that goes on within me. But if I go into a room in a social situation, yeah. I bring energy to the room, which is a good thing. But the struggle that I have to be careful of is bringing all the attention to me. That's a great example. Okay. I, yeah, I was going to mention, just as a practical, if you want to know if you're struggling with this, just ask yourself, what are your biggest responsibilities in life? Like, what are you actually responsible for? You know, and that answer is going to be different. If you're in college and you're listening to this, your responsibilities are going to look very different than if you're a, a 45-year-old priest. But the reality is we are called to take responsibility of the things that are around us. As mm -hmm. we grow and we mature, we, we are more responsibilities are placed on us. So ask yourself, what am I responsible for and how am I doing? If it's mm -hmm. your classes, how are you doing? If it's your kids, how are you doing? And be honest and okay with whatever that answer may be. But to your guys' point, you have to be able to know do I need to work on this? Is this something that, that demands my attention? This saying goodbye to Peter Pan and embracing manhood. Yeah. I wonder it too. It's how do we ask yourself, ask ourselves, how do I spend my time even outside of work in work, right? What am I doing with the time I have? Am I seeking to always find the next fun thing, the next game to go to the next restaurant to eat at the next trip to go on? Or can I sit peacefully in the moment? Can I be comfortable being at home, being, being in a situation where I'm not overly stimulated. Like I think mm -hmm. that might be one, one thing, gosh, in college, th that was probably what I want to do. Well, what's the next fun thing I can do? Part of that mm -hmm. was to stifle the despair that I felt in my heart, the frustration for being apart from God, living a life of sin, right? Like that was part of that coping, but it's also that just immaturity of, I'm just going to have fun. I don't, care. I kind of care, but I kind of don't. If I step on your toes on the way to have a good time too. Yeah. So you mentioned something that I also struggle with and it is always thinking about what's next. I always want what's next, what's next, meaning I'm not satisfied with the present, which is mm. immature and, and probably not narcissistic, but 
certainly it just a, a lack of virtue to just be satisfied in the moment. And Father Mark Schmitz, actually, I was at an event with him. He was giving a talk, and he totally, like, hook, line, and sinkered the entire audience by asking us a question to get in these small little groups, two, three people around us, and say, if we could be anywhere in the world with anyone in the world, where would we be and who would we be with? And in my group, we were like, the holy land with, you know, fill in the blank. Or I would want to be with my kids on our lake house or whatever it was. And we got back together and he asked us to share them. We're sharing them. We're really proud and excited. You know, I was like <laughs> pumping my chest because I chose the holy land, you know, because that's holy. And then he said, you know, what we ought to desire is to be right here, right now with the yep. people that we're with. And all of us were just like, oh, dang, that one burned a little bit. Good. And it it struck me a lot because I'm always thinking about what's next mm. or what more can I can I pursue or drive after or get. I struggle with being just satisfied in the moment. Now, I'm really happy to be here with you guys, um, Thomas and Brock in the room here. And so I'm trying in this moment to be present with you guys and not think about what's next for today or for the future, but to just be present. Let me throw salt on your wound because it's, I love talking about, so I work with college athletes and from a sports psychology standpoint, if you want to be in the zone, like Jordan's in the zone, right? You've heard that term. Yep. Psychologically, that what that means is that there's nothing else distracting you. So there's no conscious thought, basically. You're fully present, so you're just throwing it. And I think for the Christian the concept of you can't love yesterday. Mm. Hopefully you loved yesterday, but you can't go back and redo yesterday. Mm. You can't love in the future. Hopefully you will. The only thing you control is right here, right now. Love only exists in the present for us in the sense that that's when I choose. And that's why you hear of people that sat with Mother Teresa or John Paul II or these saints and when they had an encounter with them, the, the witnesses always, I haven't had those, but... I felt like I was the only person in the room or the only person on mm, the planet yeah. when I met them because they were so fully present to me, yep. which is just a beautiful, I think, incarnation of how we are called to love. Mm -hmm. There's a, an author, I think his name is Thomas Dubay. I'm, I'm confident in the last name, not confident in the first name, but he's got the a- priest? Yeah. I think it's Thomas Dubay. Yeah. He's got a quote where he says that uh, 10 minutes with a saint is worth more than 10 years with a mo mediocre person. And I think that's what you're hitting at, that that, that <sighs> intentionality, that living in the present moment, that that's how Mother Teresa could walk into a room and say, guys, you need to love one another. And we all start weeping. If I walk into a room and say, guys, we need to love one another, everyone's like, okay, what? Well, you. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Great no, advice. But because it's an outward perspective, not an inward one, right? Mm -hmm. So a saint in that moment is saying, you are infinitely more important than me, my desires, my wishes, my hopes, yeah, my yeah. dreams. You, you are more important. So one, one practical way that I try to work on this is when I get into that social room, when I want to be the center of attention, or maybe it's my natural tendency, that instead I am asking questions of the person in front of me. Hey, mm. tell me about your day. Tell me about where you're from. What are you hoping to accomplish this week, this year? What's hard in life for you right now? Turning my attention towards someone instead of just myself and, and wanting to share about myself. One so quick practical on my end would be, I, I think that the this boyhood, the the narcissistic passivity maybe 
uh, sometimes can come from a lack of clarity of like what like what is my life even about and if you don't have big things that you are shooting for I would really encourage you on a practical note take 15 minutes today and sit down name of the Father Son Holy Spirit Amen God what do you desire for my life what do you desire for my life and sit for 15 minutes and just shut up and listen. Um, and, and be open to anything. And be open you to have whatever to be open to he, what says. he says. Yeah. And again, like proper discernment. You know, if you if you think this is what God's leading you, take a step, discern if you're at peace or not. Being confident that you you know that the Lord is calling you to something, I think does call us out of that narcissistic boyhood. Because, man, if I really believe that this is what God is calling me to do, that there's a natural responsibility and accountability that I got to get my stuff together and get working on this. And so if you find yourself maybe a lack of clarity or don't really know what your life is all about, really encourage you just take 15 minutes and start asking God, what do you want from my life? You both made me think of another idea. I think, yeah, engage them questions. God, what, what is your will in my life? Not because it's all about me, but it's because it's all about him. Mm-hmm. And I want to do what you You're want actually to do. willing to do what he yeah. tells you to yeah. do. hundred percent. Right. Oh, outside of what you want to do. Yes. Cause he might give you an answer and your flesh would be like, Except that, you know, I'll, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. What do you want me I'll to do? do? Except just not, <laughs> just not this. Yeah. Give so me chastity, just not just now, not, right? Yeah, yeah, Augustine. Another idea is when um, when you walk into a room, and this is at any state in your life, any age, if it's a social gathering, walk into a room and try to have that mentality of how can I serve in this situation. So maybe you see someone that's isolated because they're more awkward. Can you bring them in? or someone that's struggling for whatever reason, they've got their hands full and they're trying to get a plate, like, can you serve them? Can you help them? If they're an elderly person, something like that, so how can I serve? And the other one, I think for some of us, I know for me when I was younger, being a little bit flirty with girls was, a, again, a self-indulgence, right? Mm-hmm. So walking into, again, a social setting, and this is good if you're married or single, but when you walk into a social setting, they might have a lot of women present. One way, if you, as you walk into a social setting with multiple women is to, have the mindset of treating all of them equally, mm-hmm. right? If one that's not as attractive, one that maybe you're super attracted to, you obviously, if it's your sister or, or a wife or someone you have a deep relationship with, that's a little different. But in terms of, you don't want to just flirt with the pretty ones or give mm-hmm. extra attention to the ones you really like to yep. be around. Mm-hmm. Try to really be generous and loving to all of them. And that's, that's for men as well, right? Because a lot of times we're in, social or work situations and we just like hanging out with the guys that are easy for us there's a certain virtue to take a step outside of yourself to go invest in other men who don't want to talk about sports or cars or whatever it is you like to talk about so can we get outside of ourselves to be able to have a authentic conversation with someone who just has different interests than us or doesn't look like us yeah one last practical from me is if you go to Matthew 25 and you read Jesus give the parable of the 10 talents. So if you're not familiar, this landowner leaves, he gives one talent to one servant, five talents to another and 10 talents to another. Well, basically what I'm getting at is I want you to take stock and, and I need to do this too, to take stock of the gifts that God has given you right now. What are mm-hmm. the talents that the Lord has blessed you with? Um, that may be financial. It might be your personality. It might be your gifting. What are the talents that God has given you? And, and for you to feel the weight of responsibility to multiply those talents. Like God has given me X, Y, and Z. I need to go make that more. I need to multiply that for the sake of the kingdom. I think that can help shake us out of the boyhood too. Love it. Yep. Guys, good stuff, fun topic. Uh, we got to say bye-bye to Peter Pan. Got to say bye-bye to our boyish 
tendencies. Baby, bye, bye, bye. Is that what you were about to say, Thomas? I saw you take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's it for the Man Catholic Podcast today, guys. We'll catch you next time. God bless.